Welcome back to Just Fantasy Baseball. Your host, Colby Olson, as always joined by the beautiful, smart, talented Clay Snowden. How's it going, man? I'm coffeeed up. I'm I'm way too coffeeed up for this episode, but it might be good because we've got a fun one today. Before I ask you how you're doing, we got a fun one today. We're going to do a quick little streamers for the weekend because we, we got to. But then we're going to run through and basically predict who we think is going to lead the rest of the way in all the major categories. Home runs, wins, average, saves, all that kind of stuff. We're going to predict. And I know, Clay, you brought some under-the-radar guys. I did. I did. But before we get started, and I did not brief you on this, Colby, how about if you just tell us the transactions you've made in your league? Or are you in a league that only allows transactions X times per year or whatever? Are you talking about just like my regular league? Yeah, I think it'll be interesting just to kind of hear some moves that we've made throughout the week. You know, man, I, I'm i not going to lie. I've been kind of just sticking with what I've got right now um, in a lot of my leagues. Like, I made a lot of moves at the beginning, um, and I kind of like where my teams are at right now. So I'm not trying to do anything too crazy. I, like, I like I have a lot of guys that I'm just like, all right, in a month from now, I'm going to like them more than whatever flash in the pan is on the waiver wire. Um but I've been catching the injury bug. I don't know if you've been catching the injury bug too. But like... I have. I have Urias on the injury list. Yep. Alec Bohm just went on the injury list. Um, Eduardo R- R- Rodriguez just went on the injury list. So, yeah, I've been kind of struggling. Charlie Blackman, who I'm actually going to talk about today, um, bereavement list. Like, I cannot roster a team without having somebody on the IL on my bench right now. But speaking of acquisitions, before we get into the episode, remember, guys, go go draft your team on so rare if you haven't already joined our league. But Clay, I am in the top 116 out of 24,000 people right now, and today's the final day. It it goes from Monday to Thursday. I have Max Scherzer left, so legitimately, I could finish in the top like 100, top 50. Like it could be a crazy finish for me right now, and. Th- yeah, very exciting. What type of prize do you think you'll get for something like that? So it projects your prize as you go along. It says that I'm going to I'm projected to win a tier 5 limited card. So that's like limited cards are very hard to get from the minors competition, which is like the free to play competition that I've been playing in. Um but the limited cards are what allow you to play in like the higher level competitions where you can win like even bigger prizes. So yeah, very excited. One more thing before we get started, I want to tell you a player that I picked up recently, and it's not just because I've been watching a lot of Tigers games, but it did kind of tip me off. Akil Badu. Akil Badu's owned in less than 2% of leagues. In the past month, he's slashing 302, 405, 508. Three home runs, three stolen bases, but here's the key. 11 walks to nine strikeouts. A player that just struck out all the time coming in on the year 20 walks to 28 strikeouts. I think Akil Badu really is turning a corner and he's owned in so few leagues. Um, He's getting a lot of playing time. Like that's a player to at least put on a watch list. I'd pick him up, especially in deeper leagues. I don't know why he's not owned more. So whenever Clay gives me shit about bringing up a Red Sox player, you can now give him shit 
when he know he used to bring up A's players. I don't know if anybody noticed this. He used to bring up A's players a, a, a good amount because he was following them, the A's. But now he switched over his fandom. He is going to be following the Tigers. So expect a lot of Tigers analysis from Clay. I'm not saying that's a bad I, thing. I think it's, it's funny. I'm going to wait until there's a month sample size for most players. Um, Riley and the Green two I have mentioned him. have had month sample sizes. So that that's the one caveat I'll give myself. But let's jump into streamers, which are yeah. ugly this weekend. I do want to recap really quick my two that I gave out last episode because they didn't do poorly, Clay, but they got disappointing results and they got screwed by the Red Sox. I had Brian Bayo and James Paxton and Bayo went four innings, four strikeouts, five hits, two walks, one earned. So, like, you know, hurt you a little bit in the whip, gave you some good Ks, didn't even get a win, didn't get anything beyond that. It was like, you know, he was just getting out of bad spots because he couldn't find the zone. Paxton last night, though, is the really disappointing one because he was excellent. Five innings pitched, one earned run, four hits, one walk, eight strikeouts, and he actually led the night in whiffs. 22 whiffs last night was the, was the leader. Um, he looked fantastic. And I know it's a Cincinnati lineup, but the Cincinnati lineup has been looking good. And then the bullpen came in for the Red Sox and absolutely ruined James Paxton's night. What should have been a win for Paxton turned into an ugly loss. Um, so we move on, but you got some good production from Paxton. So I'm happy about that. Being a Reds fan, you being a Red Sox fan, Red sweeping the Red Sox. Not only did they sweep the Red Sox, Colby. They didn't sweep the Red Sox. There's a game to be played tonight, pal. Sorry, sorry. I, I, Sorry, not sweet. One, two games against the Red Sox. It's sad. I'm getting ahead of myself. But last night, not only did the Red Sox lose to the Reds, the player that the Red Sox sent to the Reds for Tommy Pham, Nicholas Northcutt, had three home runs in double A last night. So a good night for me, a bad night for you. Let's jump into the streamers. Yep. Get after it. You want me to go? Yeah, I want you to go first because okay. I don't like mine. <laughs> I I like mine. Um. My first one is my deepest cut, and I'll start there. It's Paul Blackburn on the A's. Uh, he faces the Marlins on Sunday, who have an 89 WRC plus against right-handed pitching. Blackburn just made his return last time out and allowed one run over four innings with six strikeouts. That was against the Braves, so tough, tough matchup for him in his first start back, but looked pretty good. Blackburn's the type of guy that you do love to stream because he's the type of guy that can pitch well against bad teams. He gets ground balls, soft contact. You get a little lucky. Um, he had a 4.28 ERA last year, a 4.14 expected ERA. He's a very mediocre average pitcher, um, but against a Marlins team that doesn't hit right-handed pitching well, I think this is a good spot for Blackburn, especially him being like oh nowhere yeah he's he, a 2022 all-star as we all forget um in his minor league rehabs he was terrible but he was pitching in vegas like you can't read too much yeah. into those numbers it's one of those rare things where like leaving triple a and going to the majors helps your numbers helps, yeah helps your numbers so i actually like that pick my pick is kyle bradish versus the giants on Ooh. Saturday, I'm kind of flirting with disaster yeah. here. I know it, but um, I like Bradish. I mean, he has a four pitch mix and sprinkles in five total pitches, nine starts this year. Only two of them have been four or more runs, and he's faced some good teams. He just held Texas to one run over 6.2 innings. The slider and the curveball are great, especially the curveball. Like when you watch him, it catches your eyes. 35% whiff on both of those pitches and a 200 batting average on both of them. And they're his second and third most used pitch. Now, the fastball, that's where I'm flirting with disaster. 
because that fastball can definitely get hit. So it's kind of risky to an dude, extent. Have you, but have you seen the Giants' numbers versus righties this year? Dude, I kind of like Kyle Bradish. I don't I care. know, but the Giants are like third in WRC plus versus righties. They just only match righties. It's a little scary. I did look at Bradish and I was like, oh, it's actually a good spot. And then I'm like, oh no, the Giants are not who I want. Um, do you have another one? I have one more. I had one that I don't like, but one I want to like keep an eye on. So like I'm not picking him up and streaming him, but I'm going to watch it as if I were. And that's actually Daniel Lynch Saturday versus <laughs> I- the Rockies. He he didn't look half bad in his first start. This is a guy with the first round pedigree who's just struggled, to put it lightly. And we know that the Royals cannot develop pitching. Hell, they can't really develop much. Um, period. But Daniel Lynch looked pretty good. And I think he had what six strikeouts in that start. So a guy I'm going to watch as if I were streaming, but not going to pick up because I just want to see more. Yeah, I, I thought about streaming him as well. The only reason I didn't was because I don't think he's going to be able to. I don't trust him to to pick up a quality start or anything yeah. like that. Um, But it is a guy I'm interested in. He's like the one of the bunch there on the Royals that I, I do have some faith in like figuring it out because he has some good secondaries. The fastball is not bad. If the velocity is up for him, he can be successful. I have one more quickly because I'm shocked you didn't give it. Um. Ben Lively gets the Brewers on Sunday, dude. The Brewers have a 93 WRC plus versus righties this year. Overall, as an offense, they've been mightily struggling. But Lively specifically looked really good and has looked really good. His last um, three starts, well, you know, he went against the Red Sox in his last start. Five and two-thirds, zero earned runs, six strikeouts. Um, But before that, he struck out eight against St. Louis, eight against New York Yankees, like, this is a guy that's throwing 90 mile an hour fastballs, but they're the same as like those Nestor Cortez, Joe Ryan fastballs where they're just, they have this insane rise on them. Guys are not squaring them up, um, but it's the slider 50% whiff rate on that slider as well. Um, so I'm very pleased with what lively is doing. He's 24% owned right now in Yahoo leagues. You can probably get, he's probably 10% owned in, in ESPN. Um, but I think he's a great option against the brewers on Sunday as well. So if you didn't like Blackburn, you can go to lively or if you like both go for it, throw a, throw a Hail Mary. Lively's a dog. I mean, he is fun to watch. He kind of just goes at batter. So yeah, I, I like that pick. And he's also not a rookie. Like this is a guy that is 31 years old. He pitched in the KBO and has come back now and he's looked pretty good. Um, so yeah, I trust him right now. So Clay, let's get into our predictions for the rest of the year for who is going to lead the league the rest of the way. Numbers that have already happened don't matter. Who's going to lead the the way the rest of the way in home runs, average, stolen bases, ERA, wins, and saves? And we'll chat about it. Let's start with home runs. I know that you are going to give like maybe one obvious pick and then one under the radar pick. I also brought some under the radar picks here as well. Um, So let's get into it. Home runs. I have Max Muncy. Um, I just think that, you know, he has that type of power. And I did not want to go with like Judge or Alonzo. And maybe those are the right picks, but I wanted to go with a guy like tier two from that. So Max Muncy is, he's hitting the ball out of the ballpark. I mean, it, it slowed down a little bit, but I think we've seen enough from him in a turnaround from last year that I would not be shocked at all if he puts up the most home runs the rest of the way. I would be incredibly shocked. But only the only way he does that is if Aaron Judge gets hurt. On June 1st last year, Aaron Judge had 18 home runs. Yeah, I saw that. On June 1st this year, 
Aaron Judge has 18 home runs. So he's on pace for what he did last year, and he looks all that he did last year, right? So I think it would be insane not to pick Aaron Judge to lead the way in home runs the rest of the way, and it might not even be insane for Aaron Judge to surpass what he did last season. It's crazy. I kind of figured you would go with either Judge or Alonzo is why I went with Muncie. My, like, gun to my head, I would have said Judge. And then Alonzo, but I, I was like, Max Muncy, man, I want to roll the dice and take him. Yeah. My under the radar pick, though, a guy I know you like, Jack Sawinski. Um, he's come down a little bit. He's striking out more than he was in the beginning of the year when people were picking him up like crazy. But we know the pops there. And this is a guy that's owned in less than 20% of most leagues, I think. I don't know the number off the top of my head. Um, Colby might be looking that up, but. Um, we know that he has pop. We know he's going to get plenty of playing time in in center field for Pittsburgh, and that's a team that's pretty good, and I think has some good vibes around it. I'm going to go with Zwinski as kind of the under the radar pick. So in the month of May, Jack Zwinski had the highest fly ball rate in baseball, not by a little bit, by a lot, sixty three percent fly ball rate, which. You're trying to hit home runs. You want to hit the ball in the air, and that that gives him a pretty good chance to do that. So I don't I don't mind that pick at all, Clay. I you're gonna like my under the radar pick, and it's Spencer Steer. Now, wow, Spencer Steer doesn't hit the ball extremely hard. If you go and look, his hard hit rate hit rate right now is thirty eight percent. But he doesn't really necessarily need to hit the ball very hard because he does hit the ball in the air. His fly ball rate is 43%. His average launch angle is 17%, but he also plays in the best home ballpark for hitting home runs. And so if you're going to hit the ball in the air a good amount at a ballpark like his, you're going to have a chance to hit some home runs. He already has eight on the season through 52 games. I would say he has a realistic chance to hit at least 15 home runs the rest of the way. And like, say he got really hot, he could hit 20. I'm not saying he's going to hit 20. I'm not even saying he's going to hit 15, but like the 99% outcome is him hitting 20 home runs the rest of the way. Yeah, I love it. All right, let's move on to average. I'll start this one off. So Masataka Yoshida is my pick to lead the rest of the way. I could have picked Freddie Freeman, who's hitting 400 over the last month. Um, Clay, did I ask you the question about you know, over a hundred, over an eighty-two game sample. There's been two players in the last uh, ten years to hit four hundred over an eighty-two game sample. Did I ask you that question? Did we no. talk about that? Okay, there's been two players over the last ten years to hit over four hundred over a fifty-two over over an eighty-two game sample. Do you know who they are? Joey Votto. Yes, Joey Votto is one. He did it in twenty sixteen. Oh, you know what? Now I do. We we did talk about this via text. Yeah. Uh, was it Freddie Freeman was the other one? Freddie Freeman was not. He was very close. I believe he was like 396 or something. The other one was Josh Hamilton in 2010. Oh, yeah. Hit like 406 over a large sample. It was Joey Votto and Josh Hamilton both won MVP that year. Just crazy. Oh, in, in 2010. Yeah. Wow. So my pick, though is Masataka Yoshida. Over his last 149 plate appearances, Yoshida's hitting 370, striking out 10% of the time. Over that span, a 49% hard hit rate, a 55% ground ball rate, which you might, you might be hearing me that, and you're like, Colby, what are you talking about? You don't like ground balls. Well, 
I don't like ground balls most of the time, but if you're a guy like Yoshida, hitting ground balls can be advantageous because he's going to find the holes. He's hitting the ball, hitting those ground balls hard. It's also going to help raise his average because the average is higher on ground balls than on fly balls, right? His BABIP over that time also is a is 386, which is high, but that's like to me somewhat sustainable. If you're hitting 370 with a BABIP of 386, that shows me that like if your BABIP is, you know, comes down to, to like 340, 350, you're still hitting 320, 330. So I think Yoshida really could be a 320, 330 guy the rest of the way. Um, and that's why he's my pick. Mine's Luis Arise, and I I don't think we have to dive into it, but um I think we under do the actually radar, want to talk about Arise. That's a good one. Yeah. So I mean, we saw what he did last year. He's 381 that this year, and I think probably 30 points above second place in average around there. Um, I mean, it's pretty simple. I just think he's the best bat to ball guy and he did it last year and he's doing it this year. So it's just kind of the easy pick there. Um, the rest of the way though, that's the only thing clay, like he's hitting 381 with a 397 BABIP right now. And I get it. He's striking out less than 5% of the time. That's insane. Um, but the highest BABIP he's held in the last two years was 331 last year. So, like, even if he's holding a 330, 340 BABIP the rest of the way, like, I don't know, he might hit 310 the rest of the way, finish at 355 for the season. I mean, it's been 200 games that he's done this in a row. So that's why I'm going with. But my under the radar, under the radar, you can just translate for, is this guy avail- available in league? So if you're looking to pick somebody up and you are going to hate this pick, but there's some, re- some some reason to it. Charlie Blackman. And the reason why is because he plays in Coors so much and he's just absolutely destroyed in Coors for years. Um, he's a good hitter to begin with. And he's not going to play a ton against lefties. Like he's not going to play every single time that's going to potentially hurt. Now he does play against lefties. Don't get me wrong. And he actually hits pretty decently against them for, for you know, somebody who is left-handed. Um. But I, you know, I, I kind of like black men maybe more than mo- most people. And he's put up plenty of seasons of 300 plus or around there. Like, I don't think it's impossible for a guy who's owned in 20% of leagues. I think I got you. I think I got you on this one. I think you're going to, you're going to, you're going to like mine more than Charlie Black. Is it Ellie De La Cruz? No, it's not Ellie De La Cruz. That could be though. I wouldn't be shocked if he hit 320 the rest of the way. That That might not be crazy but uh no leody Tavares. we need to be oh. talking about leody Tavares, man he's hitting 368 in may 308 overall with a 283 expected batting average the strikeout rate dropped to 17 percent in may and he's been elite at hitting line drives he has a 25 percent uh line drive rate this year which ranks 25th in baseball so hitting a lot of line drives good, gonna be good, good for your average um he's hitting the ball hard as well like leody Tavares very very quietly putting up very good numbers and he's still a very young player um so yeah take a look at leodi if you're if you're looking for an outfield option um because i believe he's also owned in like 20 mm-hmm. percent of leagues yeah that's a good one stolen bases clay i'll toss that one actually you know i'll just start with stolen bases because i'd Estieria Ruiz is going to that's my yeah with it, right like yeah. he has 28 stolen bases in 57 games yeah, and it's the only way that the A's produce offense is him getting a single steal in second, and then something has to happen, right? 
and he steals third too. Like they know that that's the way that they score runs. So they 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 just let him run every single time he gets on base. So he's going to have the most opportunity, and he's also been the best at it. So All right, how many does he finish with? He was on pace, I believe, a week or two ago to finish with seventy-seven, which would have been the most in the American League since Ricky Henderson, also former Athletic, did it in like eighty-nine or something like that. Wow. Um, I don't think he gets seventy-seven, but I'm over he's 60. healthy. I think he could hit eighty. Man, because what do the, the A's have to? The A's don't have anything to like stop him from stealing it's not like oh yeah stay on first we don't want you getting thrown out it all like, comes down to him getting every on time base. every time just getting on base go you know if do they give him the steal sign you think like does he get to first yeah. and they give him the steal sign? he just goes the right? thing about it is like everyone knows he's going to steal and it does not matter no like it truly doesn't matter at all that's how elite he is at stealing bases you know, but i do have an under the radar guy okay i didn't bring one i just you, jake you mccarthy it. Mm. just recently called up from Arizona. Now he has 28 games played this season, eight stolen bases. Okay. That's not, you know, it's really good, but it's not like out of this world, right? He wasn't getting on base at all. And that's why he was sent down his first 22 games. He had two stolen bases because he was not playing well in the six games since he's returned. He looks much better at the plate. He has six stolen bases in six games. Two of those games, he had two stolen bases. He's running at will right now every single time he's getting on, similar to Ruiz. And I think McCarthy's going to play a lot more. That outfield situation in Arizona was all over the place. I mean, all over the place. Dominic Fletcher came up, looked good for a week, cooled off big time, AAA. Alec Thomas, AAA. I think Jake McCarthy showed enough last year. He just got off to a slow start. They wanted to give some other people a chance. I think he's back. And a guy that I think a lot of people should be picking up, especially with the numbers that we saw last season, like he was drafted relatively high and dropped by most people. And he's a draft caliber player that's just on the waiver wire. I'm not really a big Jake McCarthy guy, but we don't have to And I love him. I... My pick would be G1 Bay if I had to pick a guy that is yeah. on the waiver wire. He has 15 stolen bases in 51 games, so not on not on Ruiz's level, but somewhat close. And uh, O'Neill Cruz isn't coming back anytime soon, so it's Bay's job right now. Yeah, we'll see how long that is. He's not hitting that well; like he's hitting 275 right now, but 261 expo is not really going to cut it. But Clay, let's move over to pitchers. We did the hitters. Let's talk pitching a little bit. Let's start with ERA um, because I got a couple guys I want to talk about here, but I'm going to pass over to you first. Yeah, I have one guy, and that's Framber Valdez. I think he has just been awesome this year. We know how he can get ground balls. Like He's one of those pitchers that I just trust. Like I don't think he's going to have a seven-run game or anything like that, right? So that's why I lean. He has a 2-3-8, so it's not like some hot take or anything, but – I see him continuing that. I don't. I, I think he's looked awesome too. So, kind of an easy pick for me. You know who it's not going to be is Bryce Elder. <laughs> yes, he leads the league right now. Bryce Elder has a one point nine two ERA, but he also has a four point one eight expected ERA and just a twenty one percent strikeout rate. 
good if for him. If any though. of that sounds sustainable to you, then I have a beautiful beachfront property in Idaho to sell you. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I know it's not going to be Bryce Elder, but you know who it might be? Merrill Kelly. And hear me out. Merrill freaking Kelly right now, Clay, has a 2.83 ERA. Did you know that? He's been pitching damn well. 2.83 ERA, a 3.64 expected ERA, and a 3.41 FIP overall. Now, if you go over the last month, his strikeout rate is well over 30%. On the year, it's 27%. He's striking out batters like we've never seen Merrill Kelly strike yeah. batters out before. He's also raised his ground ball rate from 43% last year to 48% this year. Love to see that. What I also love to see is that Merrill Kelly is getting whiffs on all of his pitches. His four-seam fastball this year, 24% whiff rate. Changeup, 35% whiff rate. Cutter, 20% whiff rate. And the curveball, a 28% whiff rate. So every pitch he's throwing at you can get you out. And guys are just not squaring up any of his pitches. So Merrill Kelly is the like the sneaky one for me. He's owned in a lot of leagues, but like he's still that sneaky guy where like I would usually think I would usually think that Merrill Kelly's profile would scream regression, but I actually think he could put together a really good season the rest of the way. And I honestly wouldn't hate targeting him in trades. Like if somebody thinks that he's going to regress, I would jump on it. Like, I think he's actually putting up some, some sustainable stuff right now. I have one for you. That's under the radar type is Tanner Bybee. What do you think about Tanner Bybee? Yeah, I love Bybee. I really, really like Bybee. He pitches today, I believe, against... He has a 288 ERA to begin his career. Um, I'm kind of cheating here because it's it's possible, as always with rookies, that he doesn't pitch as many innings as others, which works for and against you. Like, if he has a blow-up game, you know, that's yeah. not going to help. But if he keeps this up and pitches 160 innings instead of a guy you pick that pitches 200 innings or something like it could work out in his favor. I love watching him pitch. Like he's quickly becoming one of my favorites to watch. He's nasty, man. He's absolutely nasty. Um, I think that's a great pick. So I, I have a name to bounce off you as well. Um, mostly because I think you'll have a better grasp on this than me. How about George Kirby? <laughs> Kirby is so good, man. I know that we both love him and I know we've talked about him, but like that seems like a pretty decent chance too. Yeah, I mean, he's an ace. I My only thing with Kirby is he's going to have to get really lucky to be the, not the, like, he's not going to have to get lucky to pitch a three ERA the rest of the way. He's going to have to get really lucky to pitch a two ERA just because he doesn't strike enough guys out. Yeah. But he doesn't walk anybody. He walks like 1% of yeah, batters. It's crazy. Last, like, last night he was just so on against, against the Yankees. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's an incredible arm. 3.04 ERA on, on the year right now. He's an ace. Um, okay, let's move over to wins. I have a question for you to start, though. Two qualified pitchers have yet to record a win. Do you have any guesses who they are? Two qualified pitchers have yet to record a win. I mean, they've got to be on the athletics. Well, one of them is. One of them's on the Royals. There's So there's your hints. Um. Jordan Lyles. Jordan Lyles is one. Yes. And the last one. It's either Kyle Muller or it is. 
Um, he just got sent down. Like oh, Ken Waldercheck, or it's J.P. Sears, who's actually not pitched terribly, but he has. I thought that quarter to win. He won the other day. <laughs> nope, you can go check. No wins. They they won that game, and he pitched well. Yeah. Um, I think his ERA is down to like four three something, four yeah. three seven. Oh, I just had a sneeze that didn't come out. That's the worst. Isn't that the is that that's just the worst feeling, man? Oh, all right. It's 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 a bad feeling. I got a sleeper because I think like the obvious answer is Shane McClanahan for wins. Because he plays on the best one. team. Plays on the best team. He's eight and one already. He's the best pitcher on the best team. But you know who also is back? Tyler Glass now. And that's my like little sneaky oh option to lead the league and wins the rest of the way. Now, this is barring health. He needs to stay healthy to do this. But from 2019 to 2021, he went a combined 16 and four in 37 starts. So, like, say he starts, he makes 15, 20 starts the rest of the way. Like, he could legitimately win 10 plus and, and lead the league, I think. Shane, Shane McLean is a good one. I thought of that one as well. So, I went different than you, Joe Ryan. Mm. Hear me out. The Twins have not been great. They have the fifth easiest schedule remaining for the rest of the year. This is a team that is up against a wall. Like they know that they have to win. They have the best team in that division. I think Joe Ryan could very well do it. Um, I don't think it would be a ton of wins. It's kind, it's kind of relying on others somehow not getting wins more than it is him just completely dominating and the Twins winning every game. Um there's also just been a lot of injuries, so it's kind of hard to predict the wins. Um, but Joe Ryan, I love him. Fifth easiest schedule lined up for me. Yeah, I don't hate it at all, man. He's already up there in the win. win. I have an under-the-radar one. You will – I don't know what you'll think of this. Go for Andrew it. Andrew Heaney. <laughs> I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. He's good enough. <laughs> yeah, He can go deep enough in games, and the team's really damn good. You know, my only problem with Heaney for this pick, like I, I see why you would do this. Like Evaldi, yeah. I think is seven and two already. And like Heaney is decent. The problem with Heaney is that like, he's going to have those really good days where he gets shutouts. And then those really bad days, like I know that, Iver, that's why like, I was no. kind of like, uh. <laughs> but they also don't trust the bullpen. So like, Right now, like, I feel like he's going to have a chance, like, you know, if it's a tie game in the fifth instead of taking him out, like, they may just leave him in and we'll roll the dice and see what happens with him getting a win or something like that. I mean, so, it's wild with him. Like, he's had a seven crazy. earned outing and a six earned outing. And it's just, like, completely ballooned his ERA. Yeah. He's actually pitching really well. That, you know, Heaney's one of those guys where, like, you can actually kind of get him for less than he's probably worth because people just look at the ERA and they're like, oh, this guy's bad. But you look under the you know under the surface here and like he has one, two, three shutout outings. He has two outings where he gave up just one earned run and then another one where he gave up two earns. Like look at that line he had against the A's pretty early in the year. Early in the year? Six mm, no. The one recently, though, six innings, nine strikeouts. So we'll take that. Um, Clay, all right, let's finish on saves. I'll let you go first because I have a – well, who's your guy? David Robertson. Okay, you go, you go. This is more or less just me. I mean, predicting saves is so hard because you have to have a team that's, like, good enough to win 
but not a team that's like going to blow over everybody out. Right. And I just feel it with these Mets. Like I feel like they're going to put it together and maybe I shouldn't, maybe I talked to, to Ryan too much or, our uh, JB Mets fan and, and man, managing editor. Uh, but he's he's getting opportunities. He's playing well. He's pitching well. He pitched well last year. And I think he will have enough opportunities because I don't think the Mets are going to be blowing everybody out. And I think that they're going to be in close enough games that he'll be a, he'll be able to sneak in. Do time. you still think the Mets don't trade for a closer? I, I don't know what they're going to do. It just seems to I me like... I just feel like they would have. Well, no, because like the injury happened wait. too late. In the off, like yeah. I just I don't know. Um, I think it just depends on the health of other positions at this point in time. But because I don't think, who knows? Who knows? They you are know kind what? of crazy. You know what would be the you, most you, white you can't Sox compare thing them ever to other teams and what might happen. No, because totally. well, I think you are do. You are predicting here, so I think you do have to do that. But you know what would be the most White Sox thing ever is if the White Sox traded Liam Hendricks. That's my under the radar pick, dude. Like he, he, he comes back, beats cancer, beats all the odds, makes his way back, loves the city of Chicago, and the and the White Sox trade him. That would be golden stuff. He's I mean. my under the radar pick, and I'll just go ahead with him because he's not owned in too many leagues yet. Really? Um, no way. It's less than fifty. In ESPN, that's crazy. Yeah. Those ESPN people got to get on it. He's seventy three percent owned in, in Yahoo. Oh, really? Okay. Well, then. Do I go with Alex Lang or is no no no? I think I go. I'll talk about Hendricks. We haven't talked about him. Okay, I think that not only is he awesome and he didn't look great in his first outing. What did you expect? The emotions were crazy. I wouldn't expect him to go out there and just strike everybody out. I like the pick, and like you said, there's a chance he could get moved to a good team, which only helps this. Yeah, no, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, it would be interesting if he gets traded to a team like the Mets. Like, Can, can I guess yours? Yeah. Or roll is Chapman. No, it's not Chapman. Okay. Um, oh, Chapman's so frustrating. So Clay, <laughs> highest strikeout rates. I'm I'm saying ever highest strikeout rates ever. I only did back to 2020, but I doubt anybody had higher strikeout rates than the last three years because strikeouts have just ballooned over the last three years. Highest strikeout rates the last three years. Devin Williams in 2020 had a 53 percent strikeout rate. Edwin Diaz in 2022 had a 50% strikeout rate last year. That's basically the highest over a qualified season. Devin Williams only threw like 27 innings in 2020. The guy I'm about to say is third. Do you have a guess? And it's this season? This season. 49% strikeout rate right now. I don't know. It's it, it, is it kind of under the radar? I mean, you're going to it shouldn't be under the radar to you because it's Alexis Diaz. Oh, wow. Yeah, Basically, I guess the walks just kind of drive, drive this me crazy. This is, Clay, this is the brother of Edwin Diaz who just had basically the highest qualified season with the strikeout rate of 50%. Edwin Diaz gets hurt, and now Alexis Diaz is basically doing what Edwin Diaz did last year. 49% strikeout rate. He's a perfect 13 for 13 on save opportunities so far. And you know what you were saying about, you know, you need a good team that's not going to blow teams out. Well, the Reds might not be a good team, but they certainly aren't a bad team. And I believe that the Reds could win 75 to 77 games this year. And like, it wouldn't shock me. Like they might even push eight. I don't even know. That division's bad. Like they play in a weird home ballpark. 
They have a bunch of young talent coming up. They're the type of team that like, you know, kind of clicks because they're young, they're hungry. They just like are grinders up there. And Alexis Diaz is going to be the guy. 49% strikeout rate. He is so dang good and was my favorite sleeper closer coming into the season. And he's even better than I even ever imagined he could be. He's like, he legitimately looks like his brother. So that's my pick. And it's, it's just crazy what he's doing right now. I actually had no idea that he was striking this many guys out until I just looked like it's I crazy. didn't either. And I watch him pitch every time he pitches. I, I guess I realized that he was striking a lot of people out. I didn't realize it was that amount. And at times, you know, it's not three in a row. You know what I mean? Which really catches your eyes because he'll walk somebody or something like that. But man, he's been so good. And Ellie De La Cruz, again, we'll say it again. If he's available, pick him up. Christian Encarnacion strand. Like these guys are getting called up soon. Stranded um, a grand slam last night. Yeah, and he's walking more than ever over like a larger, like a month sample size. Same Wait, with Ellie. So are they? When are they going to announce Ellie? I don't know, man. Su- I I don't understand how like Super Two works. It's too complicated for me. But like, apparently he's really close to getting Super Two, so like they could keep him down a little bit longer. Like I don't know, man. Just call him up. You've won five in a row. Call him up. Have some fun. Cincinnati's gonna be buzzing this summer, man. I mean, like, why don't you want him to win Rookie of the Year and get that draft pick? That's that's what to me is like. Just call. I him don't up. get it. It's a little I mean, too late. Cincinnati has not been this exciting since Jimmy Buffett came to town last year. Yeah, and that's why I can't understand why you're even focusing on the damn Tigers. Oh, I have plenty of focus on the Reds. Don't get me wrong. Don't think I didn't watch Buck Farmer <laughs> come in last night against your Red Sox. Uh, De- Dever smoked a ball right to Kevin Newman. Platinum glove at third base, Kevin Newman. Alex Young loads the bases. Pretty good pitcher. He is. He's. He's. He's not bad, man. He's not yeah. bad, but he loads the bases and then nothing happens. Of course, you know who's so good in the field. Matt McClain, dude, he is so good at shortstop. People want to move him off shortstop. I He's don't so see why. I'm, I'm putting Elliott third, and I'm leaving Damn. him at shortstop for yeah. this season. Dude, why not forever? Like, McClain looks sick at shortstop. A lot of people want Ellie there. Um, they think he's the better fielder. That may be true. I'm not a big fan of, like, calling up a prospect and moving everybody off their positions for the prospect. I'd rather just move the prospect to third base, a position he's played a lot of. I mean, is the thinking there that Barrero eventually can't hit his weight and goodbye, and then McLean goes to center and Ellie goes to short? Because, like, that's cool. I don't mind that. I wrote an entire article about it, just baseball.com, where you can read the answers to those questions. Okay. Go check it out, justbaseball.com. Thank you guys for listening. Go join our league on So Rare. We'll talk to you next time. Adios.